What's going on, guys? It's Mike Glassby here with Military Cash Flow. Today, we got an amazing guest. And as you can see, Dan isn't here. He's deployed. Right now, he's overseas and he's having some real issues with the Wi Fi. All my veterans who've been overseas, you know exactly what that's like. So, I'm going to be doing the show today with our special guest, where we're going to be talking about something that's so powerful, guys. It is so powerful and so many people do not use it. We're talking about the almighty infinite banking concept, how you can actually invest with a life insurance policy, Ooh. right? And so as you guys understand these other skill sets, you learn how to use these tools, slap them on the tool belt and continue to solve problems as these different situations arise, right? Using something like a self-directed IRA, self-directed 401k, you can start to invest in limited partnerships and syndications or be able to contribute a little bit more to some of these bigger deals. Well, hey, a life insurance policy could do the same thing, right? And so like uh, some of you guys may or may not be aware, I actually closed on a hotel syndication not too long ago. Well, some of the people that were investing we're using life insurance policies, right? So being able to have that flexibility and learn about all the ins and outs is by far one of the best things that has happened uh, to me in my investing career. So guys, I hope you enjoy the content that's coming your way. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, make sure you go leave a five-star review on the podcast and then also go check out militarycashflow.com to get access to all the products we have. We have a bunch of great stuff on the website to include um, access to the Facebook group, access to a military cash flow calculator so you can analyze your deals. We have uh, courses, we have all of our social media. We just have a bunch of stuff on there. So go check that out. And with that, here's a word from our sponsors. What's going on, guys? It's Mike Glassby with Military Cash Flow. And Dan Wynn is not with us currently. He is still deployed. He's got his own thing going on, but not a big deal. We're going to keep on rolling. And today's guest, we have Charles, a.k.a. Chuck Peterson. What's going on, man? How? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thank you. And um, yeah, it's just an honor to be here. So uh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, Appreciate I'm, you having me on. Absolutely, man. We're so glad to have you on. I know it's been a long time coming. And uh, today we're going to talk about uh, a topic that's still clouded in mystery, right? We're going to talk today a lot about whole life insurance policies and how to invest with those policies. But before we get that far ahead, Chuck, go ahead and tell, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, about your background, and kind of what brought you here to, to where you are now. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. So it's, um, it's, a, it's an interesting story. I'll keep it succinct. Long story short, I've been in the insurance business my entire career after, uh, after college. And uh, I, primarily, this is, this is an interesting part. 2008 happened, right? So to cut to the quick. And 2008, as everybody knows, the crash, you know, uh, for, for the real estate folks, I mean, we know what happened there. And that was when I first bought my first property. And I thought that, you know, things were just going to keep going up trajectory wise. And I vividly recall actually the realtor telling me like, oh, you bought this, this, your first uh, property for, for 300, it'll be worth 500 in two years. Cause that's how things were going. And, uh, or maybe it was about 2006. I apologize. That's when I bought the property. 2008 hit. And obviously we know what happened. The property went in half and, uh, I learned a lot. So it was, you know, 
in that regard, there was a short sale that was involved because again, it was worth half. There was all kinds of stuff that, that was uh, contributing to that. The market plummeted. And what I realized was I had been in this business, but I knew there had to be a better way because the market had crashed. I had, I had started, you know, I was doing well, but I lost everything that I had, had accumulated right to that point. And I was like, wow, um, it put me on a, a journey to, to a, for my, for myself and for my clients, right. To find out, okay, what else is out there? So I went into this big research mode and found out and, and sought out all the wisdom, right. To, to say, okay, I don't want this to happen again to, to my clients and to myself, of course, as well. And, and that led me to find my mentors, to find what we're going to talk about today and, and really just changed everything for me because I was mad. I mean, actually, I was more than mad. I was pissed. I was like, I didn't learn about any of this in school, yeah. in, in college. I didn't, I didn't even know this the first 10 years of my career. And here I am, you know, espousing this language and this, this advice to my clients. And boom, that happened. And I was like, it's going to happen again. And sure enough, as we know, it, it has. Um, so, and, and is now, you know, through, throughout the COVID situation and, and all of that different stuff that's evolved. And I'm sure it's going to, it's not a question of if, but when. So, so long story short, that put me on that trajectory to learn this and become a student of it and find what we're going to talk about today, which I feel, and I, and I, you know, as you know, uh, and have researched vividly too, you know, extensively too, um, coming up to, to find out about the most efficient and optimized way to grow your money and to use it to buy real estate, to invest with, you know, limited or essentially no volatility and also taxes advantaged and all kinds of different things. So, um, that's kind of, that's kind of my story. And then now I'm just so excited to share that with everybody because I want to help as many people as I can now that I learned the truth about how wealth and money truly work. And, and so to touch on that point then, because you said you've been doing insurance pretty much your entire professional career, adult career, right? So yes. it still took you 10 years before you realized what the power of this specific insurance policy is. So explain to me a little bit or, or kind of talk about how, you know, maybe not all insurance agents are created equal, right? What was the difference between what you're taught in, in that, in that profession versus uh, what you learned later on? Well, well, great question. So, and I would say most, if not all, um, there's a very small percentage that are aware of this. And in that, that goes in the general public too. Now the Rockefellers, the Rothschild, all these wealthy families have been doing it for over a hundred years. But what I found out is wall street, banks, government, they don't want you to know about this stuff in some regards, right? Um, and what I want to do is teach that to everybody so they can have access to it, regardless of their financial situation. So to your point, um, and I've been in the industry about 20 years, um, I still look young, but, uh, but, but I've been in the industry for quite some time, so don't let that fool you. And the, the reality of it is, is yeah, it was, it was 10 years and then five years of research really to learn the truth about it. And I have colleagues that I a group that I joined to learn from, I'd say the best in the best around the country of about 40 select agents hmm. who really look at this in the most efficient, optimized manner. There's people that talk about it, but not the most optimized way. And, and that, that's key. And so I knew about it a little bit, but to find out the truth about it and how 
it really works in the most way. Not all, you're right, not all agents are created equal. Not all policies or products uh, and strategies are created equal. And that's the key um, to really make a difference because you can, you can do so much more with so much less. As one of my mentors says, you can have, uh, you can basically have this much money here, move it over to here, and it spends like this. Right. And I think that tells, that tells tales, that visual of, of if you have the money, it's not, and like we like to say is, it's not what your, how much your money earns, but where it is that's the most important. Um, so where, where your money is, it, it, to say it better, is, is more important than what it earns, right? Because it can be optimized. And one of my examples real quick is just like, uh, and we've talked about this before offline, but if you have, if, if person A has $3 million uh, saved for retirement and person B has $5 million, we're taught in our society by most financial advisors and planners, right? Person B, you'd pick 5 million, right? Just mm -hmm. most people would, if that's all you know about the story. But if you, but if you realize that that person A at 3 million can get $200,000 or excuse me, $180,000 tax free and person B who has 5 million will get $180,000 completely taxable, then you're going to choose person A. Right. Cause it's more so about the cash flow and that. Exactly. And yeah. Then, just like real estate. Right. So it's like, exactly. it's that same concept of like, you, you're going to have more efficiency on the distribution side. Everybody talks about getting up the mountain, right? Just like another analogy, we like to talk about Mount Everest getting up the mountain. And, but we talk about, okay, most retirement plans or, and not just retirement, but just in general is on the distribution side coming off the mountain. That's where most, most deaths occur on Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's where most retirement plans blow up. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about how to use this, uh, not just in retirement as well here, I'm sure in a minute, but, but that's where most things fall, fall flat on their face. But our, our, our subconscious, our culture has been, we've been taught to chase rates of return. And guess who takes all the risk? You and me. Yeah. Not yeah. the not the financial planner, not the not Wall Street, not the, the not the banks or institutions. Um, it's you and me. Yep. They make their money regardless, right? Exactly. But you know, so so we take away that that risk and then optimize it on the way down so that you get the most out of it cash flow wise. And that's exactly right. This, this is coming back down to essentially investing 101. We talk a lot about how to increase revenue through side hustles and things of that nature. We talk a lot about how to acquire real estate, but understanding how to protect your assets, how to protect your cash flow, how to find the most efficient way to use that money. Because let's be honest, guys, let's say you grow and you buy multiple properties, and then over time you have an abundance of cash flow you're going to have some other places that you need to place that money. It's not always going to be real estate, right? You have to learn to diversify like the greats. So let's dig into this, to this beautiful product now that has a death benefit. So if you passed away, you, you still get to take care of your family uh, with that death benefit. It has somewhat of an interest bearing component higher yes. than the bank account, right? It has a retirement component where you can take withdrawals that are tax free at retirement age. And it has a lendable component where you can take that money out and choose to invest it however you want. This is the an infinite banking concept. So go, let's go ahead and start diving into it, Chuck. Tell us exactly what this policy is yes. and kind of what some of those secret sauces are. 
Awesome. So and you just nailed it. And it's, it's called, it's been known by a, a variety of things. And again, not all things are created equal, but it's for a couple names, private reserve strategy, uh, a specific type of overfunded life insurance. Um, the other names for it might be uh, uh, Roth on steroids, uh, super Roth, uh, you, you name it, because actually Senator Roth <laughs> borrowed parts of this to create the Roth IRA and 401, uh, Roth 401k, but, but, but actually limited the, the benefits there um, because he thought it was too good to be true, you know, too good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they capped certain things, but people have been using this 104 years. So um, the, the people didn't know. So essentially to your point, you can, and the key is, and this is what speaks so well to, I think the clientele, like with real estate um, and, and our, and the clients and, and your audience is you can, you can borrow. And the key is other people's money, just like with real estate leverage, you can borrow against this. So not borrow your money, but borrow against it. So your money is just continuing to compound and grow, right? Never stop the forward momentum of that money. But at the same time, you can borrow against it, the the cash flow in the policy. Mm-hmm. And then your money continues to grow, continues to get that dividend, that forward guaranteed rate of return that you just spoke about. And then you can use that money with a velocity um, to keep the dollars moving and keep things going and do multiple things with that same dollar, which is key. And you can use that to buy more real estate. You can use that to, if you wanted to, you could, which is the main topic here, but you could use it to buy if you got an opportunity to buy a business mm. or to, to buy a, a stock that you really feel is, is, is hot. Um, you know, with being guarded about that, of course, but, but mainly real estate. And one of the nicer things about this too is you can actually get a tax-free tax deduction, which I'm happy to talk offline without getting into like the math behind it. But trust me, it works. And it's two parts of the tax code uh, that you and I have spoken about before, where you can essentially use this strategy when you borrow against it, and accountants will back this up. CPAs, I've got a CPA on my team that that actually you know shows you that you this is completely legit, um, and use that so that that each and every year you can you can actually deduct that and get and get a tax free. How many tax free tax deductions do you get to buy real estate? Twenty basis points essentially to buy your next piece of real estate. Um, it's huge and your money continues to grow. So you can use it for the down payment on one. If you have enough in this, you can use it to buy the property. And the beautiful thing about it is, I mean, obviously lending institutions are great because you get more le- you get the leverage to buy more and more properties. But as you, as you start to build this up, you can use this strategy to buy that real estate. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to pay it back if like COVID happens pandemic happens. You pay it back when you're ready. You don't have to pay it back every month. So, so you could take this loan out against yourself and not pay it back. Correct. You could, you don't have to ever pay it back. You could pay it back. And if you do, all you've done is make your bucket bigger yep. so that you have more for retirement. Or let's just be honest. Like some people want to keep, keep the real estate portfolio um, as you, as your audience probably knows and pass it on to their to their children or, or whoever their legacy um, and maybe get the stepped up cost basis potentially on that uh, for, for uh, you know, for, for whatever reason as they go uh, with a legacy play, but maybe they want to, there comes a time when they don't want to manage that portfolio anymore. Um, and so at that point they, they can cash it out 
and or sell it, obviously divest of it, and they can create a bucket here where they can put that money in. So they can actually, it's very flexible. They can underfund it. I know we're getting really into the weeds, but but um, but in a good way, they can they can take this out. It continues to grow. They underfund it and create a what I'll call um, a bucket where they can put more money into it later when they sell that portfolio. And then they've got that money's been growing because they borrowed against it. They didn't borrow their money uh, because for all intents and purposes, they kind of had a loan at a very small interest rate that the, um, the carrier has actually paid their premium. Right. And then they paid back said loan and then they can borrow against it in retirement. Um, they can use it as long-term, uh, 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 they can use it as uh, long-term care if they need that. You, like you mentioned, they've got the tax-free death benefit. And as they take those withdrawals out in retirement, they get the money on all their money. They continue to get a dividend even as they take money out, which really helps optimize it because they borrowed against it. So all the money technically is really still in there. And where the life insurance company uh, recoups it is when they pass, they just deduct that from the death benefit. Yeah. So there's a ton of information, ton of things to unpack. Obviously, you guys can see that we can make this as complicated and creative as we want to, or we can use it for like those big, you know, low-hanging fruit that, you know, let's grab it and let's take advantage of it. So let's kind of break this down a little bit into some of these different four, four different parts. Let's start off with the actual death benefit. So the death benefit would be just like any other life insurance policy, right? They, they basically have a death benefit of a certain amount. They pay a premium to it. And then if, if the time comes where they pass, that can be used. Can you speak a little bit uh, more about the death benefit piece? Definitely. And, uh, and, and to go back a step on this, because this is kind of interesting, because a lot of the, the pundits talk about buy term and invest the difference, right? And, and that's okay. If, if, and I don't, but I don't think that's, and in all, for some people that might make sense. I'm not sure. And even starting, that might make sense that people can't afford this, but the, um, as until their cash flow increases, but, uh, but the, but, but to be kind of clear about that is that term policy for like, it usually pays out about 2% or less of the time. That's where these carriers make their money and actually helps subsidize the, um, the interest rate on these these specific type of overfunded uh, whole life insurance policies, or for you know, or IULs, uh, which is indexed universal life, which is uh, kind of a, a hybrid of that. Um, and there's a couple different variations, but we'll just stick to the basic kind of overfunded whole life for for today's conversation. Um, so so the the carrier set the rates for the term policy right so whatever it is the the cost for a healthy individual and one or two million or three million dollars worth of coverage and that's the rate for 10 20 30 years what this policy does is and, and you can even buy that as we've talked about and you can buy that and then have that and convert it yeah. to this strategy so this is where it gets fun but we'll go right in too much into those weeds, but, but you can actually recoup that with like recap term where every dollar you invest there for a certain period of time can be attributed to converting to this policy. So you can have multiple policies and that'll get into the infinite banking in a minute, but the overfunded life insurance really is, there's a thing called a MEC. So modified endowment contract. 
And basically in the 80s, the government, and I think it was Snoopy, that life came out and said, they took out a full page ad in the Wall Street Journal, how to cheat the government. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> Who reads the Wall Street Journal? Senators, people like that. So Senator uh, put it up in the, in, um, in, in, in the Senate and basically said, hey guys, this isn't about window, wid uh, widows and orphans anymore. And so they changed certain things because in the past you could just make one premium payment, right? As much as you wanted and then have all these benefits. Now there has to be a period of like five or excuse me, uh, you can still do a single premium, assuming it doesn't hit this mech limit, but you can do like between one to seven years, but it has to pass the seven year mech test, which all that means is that the IRS sets the limit on how much based on your age, et cetera, that you can stuff into a million dollar policy or a $2 million policy. And anytime, right, that the IRS sets the limit on how much you can put in, that means it's probably something pretty good, right? Right, and it makes sense because you're, you're basically saying that if somebody had a million dollar policy and they used to be able to put a million dollars in, immediately start accruing their guaranteed interest, immediately have their death benefit, immediately have non-taxable loans and all this other stuff on that money. And so now the IRS said, hold on, let's stop. We're gonna put this new MEC limit in. So instead of putting a million up front, you may be 400,000 up front and then some payments over the life of, of the term. Correct. Okay. And, and so, yes, exactly. Very good or great analogy. And so what happens is um, you can put in right up to that line, still get all these tax benefits, still be able to do all those things you can do with borrowing against the policy mm -hmm. and, um, and repay it so that you, you, you basically continue that uninterrupted compounding um, and use it to pay, pay it back if you buy a piece of real estate um, and invest in it and do that over and over and over again. And the nice thing about the, um, this strategy is that uh, with that, you know, with, with setting it up this way and not crossing that line mm -hmm. of the MEC, all those benefits are available to you. You can, again, borrow against it and you've got an asset that's working for you. And, and Einstein called um, compound interest the eighth wonder of the world, yep. right? And Einstein was, and he said, he went further and he said, those who, who uh, uh, what did he say? Those who get it, uh, there, there are two types of people. Um, those that understand it, uh, get it. And those that, that don't, um, and I'm drawing a blank, but those that don't uh, uh, pay for it, essentially. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Right, but he was close. Einstein, and he's a smart guy, but Einstein was off by one word, and the word he missed was uninterrupted. Mm. And that's where this is, because if, think about it, if you're like, and the analogy I like to use is highway miles. If you're on a highway, you're cruising, right? You don't start and stop. City traffic, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Like, for instance, you, you save up and you buy a piece of property or you buy real estate. Now, there's so many great things about that, but to even take it a step further for your audience is that they, they, they save that money, they buy it. Now that money that they save, now they gotta, they gotta save again to buy another one, right? But with this one, just like a margin account, um, which is another thing we, we, we can't dive, but, but if people know about it, they, you, know, you can borrow against your money. They're borrowing against the money 
and they can repay. So that money continues to grow, right, on this scale. Yep. Um, whereas before, you start, now you go back down. Then you start, go back down, right? Um, just like when people buy cars. Whether yep. they, there's an opportunity cost, whether they're financing it, which is obviously great with leverage for real estate, um, and somebody else is paying the mortgage. But the, and the other one is you um, use savings to buy it. But in this case, you get the best of both worlds. Yep. Does that make sense? Absolutely, because yeah, you're exactly right. That's where the, the infinite banking concept derived from is because you're now using yourself as the bank. And so just like you said, you know, many people go out, let's just say it's a car loan, and they pay yeah. 3%, 4% on a car loan, well, instead of paying that interest, like you said, Albert Einstein said, you know, the people that don't get it, they're the ones paying the interest to the other person who got it. Don't be that guy, right? Be the other person who understands it and you're paying that interest to yourself. You get to recoup the money back, right? Make those payments as if it's your own, but you're still compounding interest on that money as if it never left. And that is why the Rothschilds, richest family in the world, that's why they've been doing this for so long. It's something that's been, you know, kept secret, if you will, is shrouded in mystery, but it's really not that complex. You just need to have the right policy and the right game plan. And one of the things that you mentioned, Chuck, was, you know, start off with term, right? The way it was explained to us coming into the military, and many of you, uh, the audience members probably uh, heard the same things, is term is uh, it's cheap and you only need it for your 20 or 30 years and you probably want to have that when you're young and you don't really yep. have assets yep. and then you want whole life when you start to accumulate assets you got a family you want to take care of even though it's a little bit more expensive so like you said hey i started off me and you started off i think i got one life and like one term or something like that and then i just started transferring the terms into lives as my assets grew yeah right? it's and there's strategy Totally. And you're right. And you can use this to buy cars. Uh, my, one of my mentors just used it to finance uh, a, grand, a baby grand piano. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can right. do like you, the sky is the limit. We've even had, and I, if I have the book here, I'll show it to you. But the, but the founder of this movement was uh, I right um, a guy by the name of R. Nelson Nash. And it's, it's a must read, Becoming Your Own Banker. Ah, I've seen it. Yep. That's... Infinite banking. Great example. I mean, he used it and, and I'm not suggesting people do this, but uh, I think your audience would be better served with real estate because I think that's, that's, and that's what I want to, that's what I'm doing. That's what I know probably what you're going to, you're doing is, you know, looking at this and it's, it's really, it's really key and you got to be disciplined to pay yourself back, but you can use this to, um, I mean, in this example, I think he used it to like, buy he used it to borrow against it and then lease out cars and he has spreadsheets upon spreadsheets with multiple and i have i have seven of these contracts now um and i know you have a couple where we can use them to borrow against it and you can actually like do that lease it out make that difference pay yourself back and boom i mean th the sky is literally the limit on how complex you want to make this absolutely and make your money work for you as your own bank and, and, and I think it was that book, but um, there was a, a gentleman who mentioned, I think it was that book, but he said, hey, for my son, when he, when he became 16, we bought him a car. But what we did was his son had one of those policies since birth. So yep. his son had to basically take a loan against himself 
to buy his own car and he had to be disciplined enough to pay himself back. But it taught him everything he needed to know about how to operate that account, how to handle his finances without having the risk of a, you know, paying interest to somebody else on a depreciating asset. So just that alone was a, was such an educational tool that now changed the landscape for him, his family's financial future forever. I took a great point, and this is another play for, for the grandparents of people listening, parents, or tell them about, is, is to buy, like I bought them both of my kids when they were born. Immediately. Yep. Well, I think they had to be two weeks old, but as soon as they rolled it up, I bought a contract on them, right? Uh, and not for the death benefit. It was more about to teach them this as a legacy play and then teach them how to teach their kids eventually um, so that they can do that. And one of the great examples from my mentor, which is really powerful, um, just as an example, I think this paints a good story, is uh, in this case, we'll just use round numbers, right? But it was, let's just call it a million dollar policy. It was 10 grand a year for 10 years. So great if a grand, if a grand, now the parent could do it if they have the cash. Or in this case, multiple people, the grandfather was in a position to do it. 10 years, it was a legacy play. So they're always going to remember grandpa. Their grandpa is going to be probably around for 10, grandma or grandma will be around for 10 years so that they can fund it. Um, and then what they did was uh, at 18, they used it instead of a 529 plan to pay for college. Yes. Yes. Then they can choose to pay it back, or if they don't, even if they don't, because remember this had time to bake for uh, for a lot for those first eighteen yep. years, right? So then they then they were able to take it out for a down payment on a house, mm -hmm. their first house or their first investment property. They were also able to take it down out for a down payment, borrow against it to buy a ring, and then eventually to in retirement, where I can show you the numbers where they basically took out a hundred grand in tax-free money mm. for about eight to 10 years. Yeah, and that's something that's so important to understand is because there's so many people who, are, who, who lack understanding for the financial uh, products that are out there and they'll say, hey, I'm starting a 529 for my child. And although that is a fiscally responsible thing to do, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's, it's bad. It's not just, bad. Just understand that a 529 has certain restrictions and if it's not used for education, you could incur a penalty. You right? nailed it. So yeah. now let's look at, okay, well, what if we just do a savings account instead? Well, we all know the interest on a savings account is less than a percent. So you're losing money since inflation on average is about 3% every year. You're now losing money. Okay, so 529 is out, savings plan is out. What about a retirement account? Again, a Roth IRA, it's an option, but you got your restrictions. Whereas now... This is another possibility here. We have another life insurance policy that has that death benefit and, you know, God willing, that's not, that doesn't come into play in that lifetime, but it's incurring interest way higher than a savings account. And you can now borrow that money. You can use it for many different things. Now you guys are starting to see the flexibility in a, in a policy like this. And, and Chuck, can you talk a little bit about this interest, this, this, this guaranteed payment thing? What is all that about? Yeah, you mean you mean uh, the like the the, the non-stop forward momentum of the money? Yes, yes. Yeah. So so there's gonna and it's not sexy. I'm not gonna lie. Like you could get better rates of return, and obviously in real estate you can uh, put the two together. That's the magic sauce. But you're never going to have because people talk about averages as we talk real quick. So, real quick side note: this I love this visualization, and then I'll, and then I'll but it but it leads into it. So if you have 
um, a shower, let's just say a shower, right? And you're in the shower and it's one of those fancy showers with, with two nozzles on either side, right? And this is talking about averages. If one side is scalding hot and the other is freezing cold, in the middle, it should be average temperature, lukewarm, right? But you're getting scalded on one side and you're freezing on the other, right? You're getting burned. So averages are misleading. And a lot of the mutual funds, a lot of retirement accounts talk about averages. But if you really look at averages, because that's what they, that's what people don't know this, because it's, it's math, it, it's not, it's wealth, it's math, not wealth, right? And so people, people might say like, oh, on average, it returned 25%. But if you have an account that's, let's just say 10 grand, and then it earns 100% the first year, uh, and this, and I'll come full circle back to your question, mm -hmm. but it, it earns 100%. Now it's worth what, 20 grand? Right? There, year, yeah. two, year two, it goes down um, and it, uh, it's, it, it goes in half. So it's back to 10%. To 10,000, 10, excuse me. Uh, year three, it goes again 100% up. So it goes back to 20 grand. And in year four, it goes down again by half, 50%. So it's back to, to 10 grand. Now, the average rate of return, if you add all that up, is I believe 25%. But the actual rate of return is zero. Mm. And people don't realize that. And I can draw that out specifically, you know, and, and a sidebar if anybody wants to talk and show it to you. But, but again, things that people don't, and I didn't even think about that, but it's misleading, right? And that's what they show you. So this, again, average rate or the, the, the actual rate of return on the interest, the dividend, et cetera, is not sexy. Maybe it's somewhere between, depending on where interest rates are, four and a half to six and a half percent potentially, maybe a little bit higher, right? Depending on the year, the dividend, et cetera, um, and, and the interest rate, but it never goes down. Mm. It always goes up. And the beautiful thing is, is then you can use it, borrow against it and earn 12, 15, 20% real estate, put it back in. And now you've done two things with that same dollar or more. And, um, and that's where the real magic happens. Um, and you never, like you said, with the 529, you pull it out, you stop that format, you've lost that opportunity cost forever, right? Because yep. yep. that money, it's done, it's not growing. You gotta yep. start again. Yep. With this, you take it out, you can put it back if you have that ability. Um, not that you have to, it's flexible, but you can put it back and now you're right back on that same curve. So to kind of draw it out like on this, trying to, but like you're up here, right? If you took it out here, it would come down. Uh, I got to think about it. This, uh, <laughs> wait, 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 let me do this. It would come down here, right? But if you pay it back, you're right back up here instead of being lower on the curve here. Yep. Right. I know yep. that's a little bit disjointed up trying to do that in here, but um, that's one of the other beauties of this is you, you never lose that opportunity cost. And you gotta love it. And, and, and kind of get to your point there, because they always say, uh, people say, uh, like you said, I made $100 um, and then I lost 50. And I'm trying to remember the, the, the same analogy there, but it's not like, oh, all I have to do is go and you know double it again. No, 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 no. You have to quadruple it, right? You have to do a lot more to get that money back than you originally had to do. It's harder to make money back than it is to just earn money period, right? And again, if you guys want to drop some comments below, please go ahead. You guys know what we're saying though, okay? And yeah. so uh, like it's beautiful in a, in a product like this, 
you could take the money out, but for, for all intents and purposes, it was just a placeholder until you put the money back in and you're still kind of ramping up, right? And by, and by doing it through these, these policies with the right companies, which, which are, I guess that'll be another thing we need to talk about. These companies are paying, you know, they're paying dividends on this type of stuff. Yes. People aren't doing that. You said four, four and a, four, four and a half to six, six and a half. Guys, people buy real estate at a rate of return of five to six because they have so much money, they just need a place to put it. So why not put it in a vehicle that becomes a lending institution for yourself? You know what I mean? So yeah, so talk to us about the company selection uh, for the right policies. Well said, well, great question again. Um, so it's, it's a, you gotta be very careful because they're not all created equal like we just, we spent, we mentioned it. And this took me a long time to figure out um, and a lot, so I'll save everyone on here the learning curve because, and, and no knock to them. Some of them are good for term, some of them are good for that. But when we're talking about this, we want a mutual company that you're, so mutual company that, that you're part of the ownership when you buy a policy, right? Um, they, they make their money because people always ask, uh, so I'll get into that. But they're mutual companies and they make their money on A, number one. The, the, uh, the underwriting results from term because they pay out less than 2% of the time. So think about how much money they're making on all those term policies because those actuaries, those guys with those pocket protectors, yep. God love them, but they're smart. They don't want to lose. They know those mortality rates and yeah, they pay out claims, but again, one to 2%. I mean, they're making a lot of money on those policies and people are again, losing that money. albeit better than not having anything but they're losing that money because usually it expires and then they don't get anything back. Yeah. Right. So why not put that into a product that you can use? And then they also invest in real estate, ironically, mm -hmm. as limited partnerships. Well, so that tells you something right there, right? Very not risky, but, but, but very stable ones and bonds, very high quality bonds. They don't go into the market because they know the volatility there. And it's like Warren Buffett's rules, right? What's what, rule number one, don't lose money. Don't lose money, yep. And what's rule number two, <laughs> see rule number rule one. Number one. <laughs> yeah. so, so they get it, right? And so that's, so that's how they make their money. Um, and then that's how they pay the dividend. That's how they pay it. So, and that's mutual companies are the ones who pay these dividends. So it has to be a mutual company who has a great track record, like the ones we use over a hundred years. They've never missed a dividend throughout that tells you something throughout all of the depressions, the, the, the major, you know, wars, the major incidents that have happened. They've never missed one. It's crazy if you think about it. Um, and so they're, they have a track record, right? And there's only, and then there's another subset of this. There's only three to five uh, that actually, and there, and actually that went, that list actually gets smaller when you really do your research. And that's, I'm happy to talk about that. Um, not from a just self-serving point, but just research-wise, that actually optimize the distribution because they'll pay on um, what they call the non-contributing or the, the non-contributing factor where they give you all the money, uh, even as you borrow against it, to give you the, the full dividend as if all the money's there. Because it is. It's really there. And then also they optimize when you take it out at preferred loan rates. Okay. So they might knock off a percentage point where you're actually getting positive arbitrage because you're making more on the interest than you are on the loan. So you're still continuing to grow between the dividend and the interest rate. 
it's pretty powerful. So your, that's where your money can go so much farther in retirement. Um, now, again, there's only, like I just said, there's a handful of companies in the country that do this. Yeah. I, so guys, I mean, I, I love this stuff and I'm hoping you guys are getting a lot out of this because the models that, that Chuck just mentioned is what financing institutions across the globe do. That arbitrage, we, you know, that wasn't created. Airbnb arbitrage wasn't created, you know, uh, over the last couple of years. Arbitrage simply means we're borrowing money at a low rate, we're investing it for a high rate, and we're collecting the difference. Financial institutions have been doing this since the beginning of financing, correct? So this company, or, or these certain life insurance policy companies, they're investing in high yield, solid, not junk, good quality bonds that are stable, right? Where they're getting those dividends paid out to them, and then they get the face value at maturity date, whatever that is. They're investing in real estate as limited partners. If you guys are interested in limited partnership, also let me know because we are doing more syndications uh, with the military cash flow community as well. But, but it's, it's, it's huge, guys. And so now they're just using the same common sense and allowing you to do the same with your own policy. You, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. And, and, so, and so, Chuck, the last thing I really kind of want to dig in on uh, before yeah. we really start wrapping up is Let's talk about retirement now, because we've said okay. it a couple of different times, but yeah. now these policies, we're saying we can build them up. We got the death benefit. That's just icing on the cake, really. We, we can borrow money. We're making money. Uh, we don't have to borrow back. We got flexibility, but there's one more cherry on top, the retirement. What does that tax-free oh, thing look like? I love it. And you, and you mentioned one real quick before you said, you take back control of your money, yeah. which is one of the big things I talked about and got me into this is like, Take back control of your money. And, I, and look, it serves a purpose in real estate and in general. And I, I have it for my loans from banks. and like, But if you could borrow from yourself and be your own bank, all the better. Because we know banks make money. And the other thing is, and this is real quick aside before we go there, is a lot of people, one of their first questions, two questions that come up is, well, why don't people, why doesn't everybody do this? Well, my, my answer is the people that know about it and understand it do. They are. They are doing it. They we, are doing we've it. actually had a couple of guests uh, on this podcast mention it several times that they use their cash whole life policy. So but it's a big change and it's a big change. It's a big change in between here because it's it's so goes against the grain and we swim upstream on this because everybody else is telling us to do the opposite. But your audience is not because they're already doing real estate. They're not doing the tr I mean, they might if they get a match do the 401k and all that other stuff. That's a whole maybe round two. We can talk about mm -hmm. that. Um, and then the second piece of that is, um, before we jump to the, to the, to the real estate is, uh, you know, the banks, they're very, and the other question is, well, what happens if the if these guys go insolvent? The, they're the most, as we just said about how they invest, they're the most stable. There's very few, if ever, uh, life carriers that go out of business or, or go insolvent. Where think about any banks go insolvent yeah. because they loan at what, what, you know, you know, you guys know you know, on every dollar that they take in, they might be allowed to loan that out 10, well, it used to be a lot more, but eight, 10, 12, 20 times, right? Because that's how they make their money, right? So, so anyways, that, that's a digression, but it's, um, it just shows you how stable they are. And, and, and most, most insurance companies have the, have a significant cash reserve. When you look at their balance statements, huge. they're huge. Why? Because they collect these premiums 
and they and they rarely pay out on them, like you mentioned, because of those act uh, those actuaries, those underwriters. So last yeah. point, because you got me fired up, and then, yeah, and then yeah. this is real quick, <laughs> but but this is good. There's just something called bowling bank owned life insurance, and they all own it. Bank of yeah. America is the biggest holder of this what we're talking about. Yeah, they own. I oh gosh, don't quote me, but it's over twenty billion dollars for billion or trillion. They own a lot. As much as they can buy. They'll yep. buy it on eBay if they see a policy out there because what they basically are doing is that's a class A asset for them. And they yep. know how good this stuff is. Uh, Warren Buffett can't even buy any more of it yep. because he's maxed out. So so they know how good, the, the people that know, know how good it is. Now, on retirement. Sorry, because that was a long-winded way to get to retirement. But... <laughs> But for retirement, the beauty of it, and it goes back to that, what I call the Mount Everest analogy about chasing rates of return or getting off the mountain. And this really speaks back to the um, real estate too, because A, it could be a, a part of a three-pronged approach or a three-legged stool or two-legged stool if you just have uh, the cash flow from your, from your assets in, in real estate and your properties and or this, or you decide to divest of the real estate and put it back into this. But what happens is, is you get to the top and then you start to utilize, basically collateralize this, this, this asset in this specific life insurance. And then you start to draw out of it and take a tax, completely tax-free, no 1099, doesn't show up on anything that reports to the government. And um, now if you have a pension, that's going to that's gonna show up and you're going to get taxed on that. So you can't completely get off the radar screen of, of, of the IRS, um, which is okay. But this is tax-free money to offset that. Mm -hmm. The other beauty of it, and then I'll go into a couple other specifics, is let's say there's a lean year and you have money in the market or in whatever other asset, and think, or your assets have gone down in real estate, whatever it is. And you might still have mortgages, what, what have you. You can use this as a buffer in those years draw this down, wait till everything else comes back up and then take out there. You can mix and match. You, you decide when you want this to come out regularly, yearly, every couple years, whatever. And you're still where it optimizes and gets most on this distribution. And, and help me break this down if I'm getting a little too complex, but it's like, it's basically as that money comes out, you still get the dividend on the entire mm. amount that's in the mm. policy. So that's where it, it, it goes so much farther. And at the end, there's still a death benefit. It's reduced because you've taken some money out, but you know, a good chunk of it, but there's still going to be some death benefit for a legacy play, right? For your kids or charity or whatever it is you want to do to have that legacy play. Cause you never want to cancel these because you lose the tax benefits. You don't want to do that. But you take that out and it optimizes it and it goes so much farther. So one of people's biggest fears is they'll run out of money in retirement. With this strategy, you, you probably won't. Yep. And, and you can use it for long-term care. So a lot of people have to spend extra money that they might potentially throw away in LTC, um, just like term throwing it out. Yep. But in this, if you don't need it, you just have more for retirement. If you do need it, uh, you use it. And what my mentor said, which I, one of my mentors, which I love this analogy, his wife asked, explain this to me because it's really complex. Like I don't get it. And my wife said the same thing actually when we first started doing it. 
and he broke it down really good. He's a CPA. Um, and I'll show you his book in a second. Um, and I've showed this to you. And he said, you're really living off your dead self. So why not enjoy that money while you're alive together with mm. yourself or your spouse or who kids, whatever. Um, then why you're, then why you're dead. So everybody has this mental concept about, they love what it is. They hate what it's called life insurance, but put life that insurance. out of your mind. If I call it the super duper, wild, 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 yep. what do you care if it does what you want it to do? You know, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm all in, by the way, I'll show you. I mean, I'm happy to show any viewers, any of your audience, my contracts. I'm all in on this. Like yep. all, of, this is my only thing because I believe in it that much. And I think there's nothing, there's no better asset. Now I'll use that asset to go buy real estate or Correct. a hot, if I get an opportunity to buy, you know, like right now where things might tank and there's um, some good opportunities to buy an investment, um, business, whatever, I, I, I'll do it. Yep. But my, my main bank is this. Yep. And, and, and that's the thing guys, as, as you start to grow as an investor, you're going to start reaching, you know, like we said, all, all real estate perfectly fine. But at a certain point in time, when you're having 20, 30, 40, 50,000 of net profits cash flow a month, now you're going to have to start diversifying, right? What other vehicles can we do that is going to still yield a great return, but gives us the flexibility to acquire, so forth and so on. Hey, we don't ever create anything from scratch. All we do is we, like Tony Robbins says, we stand on the shoulder of giants, the people that have already done it. All the greats are using this type of whole life insurance policy, the infinite banking concept, investing with life insurance. This is, this is happening all the time around us. We just need to know, uh, you know the, right, the right steps. And sometimes we just need to know the right questions to ask. And, and one of the questions I have for you is, what age do you have to be to, to actually draw the retirement fund? Oh, this is the best part. So the, the analogy, 401k, you really, like, I know it's not your mostly viewership, but like pension, 401 you, you only really, in a 401k, let's just take that for example, because a lot, the founder of the 401k kind of says it's broken, right? Uh, Ted Benioff, he, he created it back in the 80s and all that, but he kind of thinks it's a broken system, right? So you really, if you think about it, you have access to that money, because if you take it out before 59 and a half, you get penalized, except for certain situations like right now. Um, and you have to take out distributions at whatever the tax rate is at 70 and a half for RMD. So you got 11 years where you're really in control of your money. You can retire if you crush it in real estate and you crush it in your, your entrepreneurial aspects or whatever it is. Um, you, you can take this out at 40, 35, 50, no penalties, no questions asked. You can wait till you're 80 if you don't need the money and you can take it out. So there is no, limitation there's no penalties um it's your money love it love it your bank you can borrow you can you can borrow against it anytime too uh let's take the kid for example he can borrow it at 18 uh you might and, and by the way you might be the owner of that kid's policy because you don't want the kid to just take it out but you can take that out and borrow against it and use it for college or buy his first duplex get him started in real estate yep maybe he doesn't go to college whatever or he's in the military and and then serves the country and then comes back and does that. I mean, I wish my parents had known that and done that for me so that I had that at 22 or 18 or 25. Yep. Um, and it's it, that's a really another cool feature is you don't have to wait. 
but you can also wait if you if you really crushed it you don't need the money till you're 75 80 as we all start to live longer you can wait yep. it's yep. a beautiful thing and one other thing that i want to show you on that same so so my my my, my mentor was talking about uh one of them uh, brian bloom the cpa who i bring on some of these calls uh when we craft the strategy if, if it gets really complex mm -hmm. um and a few others as well that i have in this this elite group around the country that, that really this is what we focus on uh, he talks about the capital equivalent value of life insurance and what he really came to, to summarize. Um, and this is a great read. And I'm happy to send to anybody who wants a copy. I will, I will literally send them a copy literally free of charge. Cause I think it, I just want to get the word out. I, I really believe that and spreading it spread, you know, just spreading the, the knowledge and, and no obligations. They, uh, what he basically says is depending on your age, plus or minus, you'd have to earn because he talks about the capital equivalent value. When you talk about that, it's kind of like taking a similar asset, looking at it from the tax advantages and different things and trying to like mirror it because again, rates of return, some people in real estate, you know, et cetera, whatever market can say, oh, I can get 20% every year. Well, maybe not on the market, maybe in real estate, but he says that you'd have to earn 21% plus or minus depending on age uh, and certain factors each and every year, which I don't know a lot of people that do that to equal what this does. Mm. And that's if you don't even use it to go buy real estate, then it's even more really cool. And he breaks it down in math cause he's a CPA and it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause when I first read that and that's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, he, he's very brilliant in, in breaking this down into a book that's manageable. Interesting to see that because that kind of takes away that, that rate of return yep. thing that a lot of people get hung up yep. on. And yep. it's, um, that's powerful stuff. And so, so for all of our logical thinkers out there, reach out to Chuck and get a copy of this book. Get a copy of this book. I know I got mine coming, right? And I'm going to read it too. For all of our money-minded individuals, our, our, our or mathematic-minded individuals, for all our other conceptual learners, just understand that, yes, we can yield a high return with real estate. Now, what if you were yielding a return on another asset that you use to buy the real estate, put them two together, they make a money baby, and boom! Now we're just out there military cash flow style, right? And that's the creative concept that we're talking about here. So guys, reach out to Chuck definitely um, uh, for that book and, and, and for more information. And I know we have to wrap up here, but real quick, what's one piece of advice that you would give out to anybody just starting their financial journey? Great question. Um, I would say do your research, inform yourself with and, and surround yourself with mentors like yourself, uh, I would, you know, like myself, uh, not to, not to, to but, but shorten your learning curve, right? Because what I found and I wasted a decade, not, I didn't waste a decade. I learned so that I could pass it on to, to everybody here and, and more is I made the hard mistakes, you know, and that made me who I am, but why make those same mistakes? Learn from those folks, seek them out and get educated and don't take anything for granted. Um, don't believe it all as gospel, but really, and then and vet it yourself. And then whatever's comfortable for you that makes sense, 
is I would say do that and not just not just follow the lemmings, right? I mean, that's they'll take a, not follow the lemming approach. Be your be your own entrepreneur if that's right. You know, look at strategies like this. Look at real estate. I mean, I, that's where I I insure a lot of folks, and that's where I see the most millionaires. By the way, uh, put the two together, and like you said, bam. So I would say that. To me, that's the biggest thing is, 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 and start small. Don't be afraid to start small. You can start small with one of these. You can start small with, with real estate and then scale from there, but be consistent, right? That'll win the race, man. That's, that's the key is don't, don't say you have to wait until you have X to go buy an 88 unit, right? Or to start this, you can buy, I got seven of these. I started small. And then I, and then I added another one and then I added another one and then I added another one as I can afford it. So that's what I do. And then be true to yourself with the whole thing, man, whatever, whatever lights you up and is passionate, that's where you'll be consistent. That's the other thing that really resonates with me for this, for real estate. Those are my two things too. And I could talk about them all day. So I'm happy to talk about any, any of this with anybody. And uh, I hope it helps your audience and uh, it's something a little different, but also, something that I think everybody in America and the world should know about because honestly for too long, it's just been reserved for the elite and secret societies. And it's time we all know about this stuff so we can all make a difference and make a, a dent in the world. And, and then, you know, if you want to use it to give back or if you want to use it to have the lifestyle you want and whatever that means to you, do it. Absolutely. I love it. I love it, guys. You got to find something that, that, you know, be true to you, but you got to take action. You got to go out there and get started, guys. I love it. All right. So all this great information, people are going to be hitting you up about the books and hopefully people are going to be reaching out for these policies because guess what, guys? Guess what? It's not like you have to charge a premium for these things. You simply just start, make sure it's in your budget. You can start paying cash flow. So it's not like That's this funny. is a $10,000. No. You just get your physical, right? You find out your premium and then you start making monthly installments or quarterly installments. So you can start today. So with that being said, for all the people that do want to reach out to you to get more information on these policies, to get a copy of their book, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, I'm on all the social channels. So uh, easiest, uh, my, my, my email address is uh, Chuck at Piton Insurance. Um, P-I-T-O-N, like the Piton Mountains, which the mountainous, the mountain analogy, what we talk about, uh, P-I-T-O-N insurance.com, uh, website is pitoninsurance.com on social. My, my, uh, Instagram handle is, uh, Chuck Peterson zero for a 0% tax bracket. Um, also Piton insurance is out there. So hit me up there, um, on Facebook. Um, I'm on Twitter with Piton Insurance as well. And then I've also got a course. We forgot, I forgot to mention this. I'm glad you mentioned. I've got a course coming out soon that goes into all of this in much, much more detail. And uh, that'll be dropping here in the next couple weeks. Uh, by the time this probably airs, yeah. it'll be out. So um, I'd love to talk about it, see if it's a right fit for you. But we'll dive into a lot of this and have some worksheets on it, but also like get into high-level stuff about what you can do we talked about today and then wow, 2. 2.0, 3.0, line of credit, one-on-one, all these things to use it in infinite banking in more layers. Um, so, so definitely check that out. There is a ton of value. It took me a year to create that and I dive into all this and more. So um, 
you know, we'll, we'll get that. Uh, and that is, uh, the link will be in the show notes, yeah. uh, for the, for the website there. Uh, I believe it's just Chuck dash Peterson, but we'll check that out. And, um, yes, man. So, so just, just hit me up and, um, you know, on my, on the website's got my, my phone number, myself, I'm available anytime. I'll talk about this all day long. And, um, and I love to talk about real estate too. So it's my other passion. So lots of synergy and I just appreciate being on here, the opportunity to spread the word here and help, uh, hopefully it served, uh, your audience. And, um, yeah, man, I, I just, I'm grateful, brother. Thank yeah, you. I greatly appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're a busy man and, and uh, I, I personally, obviously I have some policies with you. I plan on getting many more, um, but it's just, uh, it's just that one more tool on the tool belt. Right. And, uh, and all of uh, Chuck's information is going to be in the show notes. And he also didn't mention, but he's also a podcast host. The wealth optimizer mm -hmm. podcast is another place where you can find him. And he talks to a lot of different uh, 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 people in different industries and talks about their journey through financial uh, literacy and financial freedom. And, and it's just a great vibe. Very interesting questions on the back end. So I really love this podcast. So you guys check that out as well. Um, and, and, and you were on there. We got yours, yep. your, yours truly featured. And uh, that's it. And yeah, yeah, check that out. And that's, um, we're going to have more and more guests on there talking about diving in and, and all that and optimizing all areas of your life. Like we've talked about Miracle Morning, getting all that stuff dialed in that you, you know, in addition to all this. So, um, yeah, I'm very passionate about that as well. And, uh, many more, many more things to follow up there. So we, uh, you know, thanks for mentioning that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And so it's, it's on all the major iTunes, you know, all, all those channels. So check Absolutely. it out and subscribe. Yeah. And on that note, guys, you know what to do. Go ahead and smash that like button. Go ahead and subscribe now. Follow up below. Leave some comments. Let us know if you had any questions uh, on the content, if you had any other topics that you wanted to address that maybe Chuck can kind of come in and, and, and uh, chime in on those. All right. As always, guys, we have our Facebook group. And if you are looking for realtors that are investor savvy in your market, reach out to us. We have an extensive network that is continuously growing. We will find one for you. And with that... Thank you so much, Chuck, for, for coming in again. And this is Military Cash Flow, signing off.